All right, if you have your Bibles, turn to Joshua chapter 1 this morning. Joshua chapter 1. I want to t- kind of give you an overview of the whole book of Joshua. Um, you know, there's got to be more in this book than a bunch of wars and a bunch of battles. I believe there's a deeper meaning, as there always is in the Word of God. And that deeper mean- meaning is this. You go through the Red Sea, which represents um, salvation, but you need to cross over to the Jordan River, which represents death to self, enter into Canaan, which represents the victorious Christian life. Uh, it's a shame to say that a lot of people, they get saved, and then they wonder. They wonder, what in the world is this Christian life all about? And they wander around, bouncing from every church and uh, every uh, doctrine, and tossed to and fro. And then they wander in sin. And they wilt and they wither and they complain and they, and they murmur. And, and I just want to kind of summarize the book of Joshua and the message of Joshua. So let's stand on to the Word of God and I'm going to read verses 1 through 9. And tonight we'll finish the chapter on um, how to have true success. A lot of people want to know about true success and also how to overcome discouragement. Three times in this book, in this chapter, it talks about being of good courage, be strong and good courage. And then it uses a strong word in verse 9 about not being discouraged. If the devil can do one thing, he'll try to get you discouraged. Has anybody ever been there? Discouraged. And if he can't give you pride, he'll get you discouraged. And so uh, we're going to learn a lot this, this, these next few months. I'm going to take my time, and uh, we're going to preach through every verse of the book of Joshua in the next few months. The Bible says, Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses my servant is dead. Now therefore arise, go over to this Jordan, thou and all this people, and to the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. And every place that the sole of their foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, even unto the great river Euphrates, the land of the Hittites, and to the great sea towards the going down of the sun shall be your coast. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of life. And as I was with Moses, so I'll be with thee. I will, I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Isn't these encouraging verses? Be strong and in good courage. First time he mentions this. For unto the people shall thou divide for inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do or do all thy law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left thou mayest prosper, everybody's interested in that, whithersoever thou goest. And this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, there's a key, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then shalt thou have good success. Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of good courage, be not afraid, Neither, by, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever 
thou goest. You may be seated as I pray. Father, thank you for the gold of the Christian life. God, thank you, dear Lord, for the means to obtain it. And Lord, thank you that you saved us out of Egypt to enter in Canaan. And God, may we experience the victorious Christian life. May every Christian in this room not live beneath their God-given privilege to have abundant life. God, thank you for your promises. Thank you for your power. And thank you for your presence. Now, Lord, if there be one that's not saved, that's over on the other side in Egypt, lost in the world, save them this morning for your glory. And God, as you save them, help them to realize that you don't save them just to save them and go to heaven, but you saved them to live a victorious, radiant Christian life. We'll thank you and praise you for what you're doing and through this message. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, introductions are hard because I think sometimes I'm like, I close, I introduce and introduce and introduce. But I want to tell you something, the more I think about and study the book of Joshua, the more I think we need to set the groundwork for the next few months. <clears throat> and I hope you'll come back to every service. We'll continue tonight and every Sunday morning, every Sunday night except when we have guest preachers in. But you know, God has called you out of the world of sin. And He saved you by His grace. And He saved you not just to try harder and pray more and strive on and, uh, and give yourself time to try to overcome this sorry world. But He saved you to live the radiant Christian life. I mean, it ought to be so different than the world that people want what you got. Amen. And a lot of times Christians are borderline Christians, we'll discover in verse 10, 11, 12. And they just want to get one foot into salvation and they want the ticket to ride to heaven. Well, God's given us much more than that. The greatest need of the church, now listen, the greatest need of our church is revival of New Testament standard of Christian living. A New Testament standard of Christian living. And folks, there's a contrast between that and the world. And a lot of people just wonder. A lot of people for 40, year, 40 years, a whole generation died, and they ceased to possess what God had promised them. And folks, that's living way beneath your privilege. And as you read the book of Joshua, just a casual reading, you'll see many times where there's um, battles and there's enemies. So I know Canaan cannot be heaven. Don't ever equate Jordan with death. Canaan cannot be that. It's a place of, of warfare. It's a place of enemy. Folks, when you get to heaven, there'll be no more warfare. And there'll be no more enemies. There'll be no more flesh, no more devil, no more sin. And thank God for that. But Canaan represents the rest of your faith, the R-E-S-T, that you're resting in the Lord, that you um, are sitting in heavenly places on this earth, that you have heavenly peace, heavenly joy, heavenly purpose, uh, a heavenly power. And folks, I want to tell you something, there's nothing like it. There's nothing like the victorious Christian life. This whole book of Joshua describes how we can enter in Canaan was the goal for these people. Next is chapter 3 and verse 7 and 8. The Bible says that he, 
he called them out of the land of Egypt. And he said this in the burning bush. But he also said, I want to bring you into the land flowing with milk and honey. Now let me ask you a question. Is your Christian life flowing with milk and honey? And a lot of you, it's just a little dab of do you. And it's just a little sample. And it's just, you know, how can I say this tactfully without making you mad? It's two hours or maybe one hour, maybe three hours at the most out of 168. You dust your Bible off. You try to find it, number one. You put it under your arm and you come to church and you say, Preacher, bless me if you can. I can't, but God can. And I want to tell you something. The greatest day of your life is when you realize that this Christian life is not just going to church, even though I think you ought to be faithful to every service. I am, I think you ought to be. I expect you to be here. You expect me to be here. Amen. And I don't think it's a, a duty. I think it's a delight. But folks, I want to tell you something. After you're justified, this book talks about being uh, sanctified. And then one day we'll be glorified. The word sanctified sprung a poem in one of our dear ladies. And uh, probably the hardest day of my pastorate was when Miss Elsie Hobbs passed away. Uh, Brother Larry was a prayer warrior, but Miss Elsie was... Uh, like part of my family, uh, she was she adopted my children as her grandchildren, and uh, she prayed for this preacher. Uh, she really prayed for this preacher uh, all the time. But she wrote this poem after I preached on this passage. It says, "Set yourself apart as a child of God. Be not weary as a Christian, while upon the earth you trod. Israel wandered in the wilderness all those forty years." People murmured against God, and God's voice they could not hear. The Lord said to Moses, Wherefore criest thou unto me? Keep my commandments, I am the Lord that healeth thee. As God took care of Moses, this he will do for you. Forsake things of the world, and trust God to bring you through. Make a decision now to set yourself apart. Doing the will of God from the heart. Fellowship with God. Read your Bible each day and pray. Remember, heaven is our home. And he's just a breath away. 6-4-2000. I kind of summarize it. We need to sanctify ourselves. We don't need to be sanctified, thrilled, filled, and petrified. We need to be sanctified, thrilled, filled, and satisfied. You'll never be satisfied in the Christian life until you enter in. Until you claim what God has for you. That's called success. That's verse um, um, 8. That's called prosperous. That's verse 7 and 8. And everybody wants to be prosperous. And everybody wants to be successful in this world. But I want to tell you something. God's called you to not be in this world. God's called you to be in another world. And so, number one, I believe with all my heart, the principle of this book, the introduction to this book, may I say, is that God wants us to have a radiant life. The greatest need of the Christian life is a revival of New Testament standard of living. That means victorious Christian sanctification. 
Set yourself apart. I'll tell you about how to do it in just a minute. I want to ask you a very personal question. Where are you? Where are you? You say, well, preach, I'm right here at 2134 Doug Gap Road sitting in a gray pew. No, I mean, where are you spiritually? Are you wandering in defeat? Or are you in the land of victory? Is your life a constant struggle against the powers of darkness with constant defeat? Or are you victorious in this war waged? Are you living in the power of the resurrection? Number two, it's impossible for the law to lead you into the land of Canaan. Look at verse 2. It says, Moses, a servant, is dead. Moses represents the law. The law can never, hey listen, you can never inherit the promises by the law. Uh, Moses represented the law, but thank God Joshua represents Jesus. We're in Jesus, amen? Thank God. We do not obtain the full rest and victory of, of, of our salvation by resolutions, by consecration of, of the flesh, or even praying and fasting. We don't struggle towards victory. We stand in it. And our victory was won at Calvary. Our victory is our Joshua, Jesus. Number three, this is all introduction. I hope you're enjoying it. This is making me real nervous because I like this plow. I just like to keep preaching verse by verse. Introductions make me nervous. Closings make you nervous. But anyway, you will observe that the entrance into the land of Canaan was entrusted to a representative. Look at verse 2. It says, Moses, my servant, is dead now. Therefore, arise, go over to this Jordan. Thou, thou is Joshua, and all this people, and to the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. It's talking to one man, Joshua. And I want to tell you something, Joshua was the leader. Um, we, go to, we go to Joshua, our Joshua, Jesus. There needs to be a leadership in your life. Let me just say this. There needs to be a Lord in your life. And when you get saved, you don't get saved by lordship, salvation. That means you're you know, totally surrendered to everything. But I want to tell you something. You get saved to the Lord because He does not cease to be the Lord. Amen? And He's your Savior, but He's not your ticket to heaven. He's your Lord. He's your life. And if you want to wander in the wilderness, that's your business. You want to murmur and complain? You want to struggle up one minute, down the next? I call them ping pong Christians. You never know where they're going to drop. You never know where they're going to bounce. Roller coaster, whoa, praise God, it's Sunday. Whoa, it's Monday. You know, uh, uh, man, you might get up a little on Wednesday if you show up, but then on Thursday, you're down again, up and down, up and down. And the world says, where's... Where's the reality of the Christian life? It's in sanctification. It's in this book of Joshua. So you go over this Jordan, thou and all this people. So everything in Canaan was put in the hands of Joshua as a trustee for his people. His responsibility to divide and to assign the land, to conquer, to lead in war, it was all in Joshua. And I want to tell you something, folks. This Christian life is not all about you it's about Jesus. And I want to tell you something, if you're going to live the victorious Christian life, you've got to be sanctified in Jesus. And you don't, listen, friend, you don't make Christ Lord 
You submit to Him as Lord because He's Lord whether you submit to Him or not. And you can be as defeated and miserable as any lost person. The only trouble is you won't get away with it. You won't get away with it. Folks, we should be perfectly fulfilled in Jesus. To Him all spiritual blessings has been given and He holds it as a claim, as a trust for us to claim. I want you to look at a great verse in Romans, Romans 8.32. Romans 8.32 describes, along with Ephesians 1.3, the whole book of Joshua. Y'all getting anything out of this introduction? Please encourage me because I feel like we're just treading water, but that's what most Christians do, don't it? We need to not tread water. We need to go all the way in. Amen. We need to go deep sea diving, Brother Randy. Praise God. Thought about you the other day. I saw a cartoon. A bunch of divers out diving. And they look up, and there's a Dollar General store. <laughs> They're everywhere, say amen. <laughs> Y'all get that later. Just drive to the road. Uh, Romans chapter 8. Come on now. Romans chapter 8. When I'm nervous, I like to see people laugh, not leave. Verse 32. The Bible says this, He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Now this ain't prosperity gospel time. Turn your TV off. Come to church on Sunday morning. Folks, I want to tell you what that is. It's the victorious Christian life. God will bless. God will answer your prayers. But if you're wandering in the wilderness, he can't answer your prayers. If you regard iniquity in your heart, he'll not even hear you, the Bible says. If we want, if we want to be successful Christians, we want to be prosperous Christians, we must enter in into all that God has for us. We need to be full of faith and believe who God is. Say amen. Galatians 2.29, no, excuse me. Galatians 2.20, a wonderful verse that summarizes. Just give me, Let me give you two more verses and we'll preach tonight. Uh, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, uh, Galatians 2.20. Y'all know the verse, but look at it. The Bible says this about the Christian life. It says, it says, as soon as I find it, I'll tell you what it says. So I am crucified with Christ. Amen. Everybody loves to get saved. And he was crucified for you. But the Bible says you're crucified with him. That's a deep truth. Total identity. Nevertheless, I live. See, you're still here. Some of you. Amen. Some of you are texting your girlfriend and you shouldn't be doing that because she ought to be in church with you. Amen. But it says this. I live, yet not I. But Christ liveth in me. Say Amen. What a revelation. Now listen to this. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I live by the faith of the Son of God. I didn't say the faith in the Son of God. I said the faith of the Son of God. Folks, I want to tell you something. All this victorious Christian life starts with one act. Trust. Trust. You trusted Jesus to save you now why don't you trust the Holy Spirit, God Almighty, and Jesus Christ to sanctify you? 
and to thrill and fill you with His presence and a radiant Christian life will be produced in your life and it will be much more than just going to heaven. You'll help others go to heaven. You'll have so much joy. You'll think you're already in heaven sometimes. Jesus received the promise of the Holy Spirit that we might, that we might be endued. But Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3 is another verse that summarizes the book of Joshua. Ephesians 1, 3, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. I'll wait on you. Ephesians 1, 3. We're Bible studiers around here, amen? Take your Bible out. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. 27 times the phrase in Christ is mentioned in Ephesians. You know how you get heavenly blessings now? In Christ. You know how you get heavenly blessings now? Believing that God has called you not just out of sin and out of Egypt and out of the world, but He's called you into Canaan. Isn't that wonderful? He's called you into victory. And there will be enemies. There will be the devil. There will be the flesh. There will be the world. But praise God, friend, you can have victory Victory in your Christian life that's so evident. Go back to Joshua chapter 1. We must not know our title and uh, we must know our title deed. We must know and claim what God has given us. In verse 3 it says this, Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given to you as I said unto Moses. If you go back you'll find out that he promised him a land flowing with milk and honey, and he promised him miracles like splitting the Red Sea and, and the ten plagues came upon Pharaoh and they were set free, but they wandered for 40 years. Folks, it's a sad fact that a lot of people waste 40 years and some people waste their whole life as a Christian trying to get victory, trying to be religious, Trying to show up so the preacher won't call you. The other day somebody was shocked that somebody knocked on their door. This is a Baptist church that visits. And this is how this church started. We don't wait for a lucky sinner to come in the door and get saved. We go after them. Because that's how this church was started. But that's how the New Testament commands us to go out. Amen. And then we ought to care enough when people miss. And folks, it shouldn't be an invasion of your privacy. It ought to be somebody personally cares. 39 people out on visitation yesterday. I was thrilled. We ran out of grits. Matter of fact, we didn't even have any grits. Amen? Thank the Lord. We was a Yankee. Uh, it was a bunch of Yankees met yesterday morning. Amen? We didn't even have grits. And that was my fault. Because we thought they were in the other refrigerator and they weren't. But you know something? We went ahead and visited anyway without grits. Uh, hallelujah. I mean, you know, you've got you to persevere. You've got to struggle in this Christian life. But all the Lord Jesus Christ has is mine in Christ. We're converted, not just saved to go to heaven. Folks, we need to see in verse 4 it says, From the wilderness and this Lebanon, even to the great river of Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and to the great sea towards the going down of the sun, shall be your coast. Oh, I wish I could just... Spend a whole lot more time on the whole New Testament. Your coast is the victorious New Testament Christianity. 
you can have your prayers answered. You can be filled with the Spirit of God. You can be filled with God. You can be filled with, with a radiance and a presence that is attractive to a lost and dying world. Say amen. And folks, the world's groping and grabbing for every answer. Uh, this pestilence, malignant disease without cure is a sign of the time. That's what's going to happen in the tribulation. It's going to be a pandemic. It's going to be a worldwide epidemic. And folks, the market is crashing. And people are, are, are staying home and putting on masks and do whatever you have to do. Wash your hands three times. I did right after we did handshaking. I'll just be honest with you. Look for the hand sanitizer. Some of y'all look sick. No, not really. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Some of y'all will smile one day when I preach. Amen. You will. I guarantee you will. It might be at my funeral, but you're going to smile. Amen. But I ain't here to make you smile in this room. I'm here to thank God you can have joy in your Christian life. You can have joy in your home. You can have joy the way you raise your children. You can have joy in their furtherance of the gospel and them continuing after you uh, are kicking up tulips and shady acres up here. Thank God. Thank God, folks. This Christian life is more than just going to heaven. It's having heavenly blessings in Christ and it's claiming your coast. It's claiming what God has for you. A whole generation died in the wilderness. Can I repeat that one more time? A whole generation died in the wilderness. And some of you have been in the wilderness. 30 years, brother Pete, you wasted on sin and self. And his testimony now is, thank God I got out of that wilderness. <laughs> Amen. Down there teaching those precious older folks. I don't call them older folks. Some of them are probably younger than me. But... But he, he, he has a joy about his life, a contentment about his life, a peace about his life. But folks, God's will is not for you to wander around for 30 or 40 years trying to find victory. You got it in Jesus, amen. Only Joshua and Caleb of the generation that was left, Egypt, succeeded in entering the land. How that whole generation. Is that not the story of the church today? Surely the state of the church must be a sore to God's heart as Wesley preached on yesterday at the breakfast. Boy, he scalded our hides. Amen? I said, I wish I'd had grits. He might have been a little happier, praise God. <laughs> but it was the truth. It was the truth. We've got complacent. We don't have a burden. It's the truth. In spite of Calvary, but in spite of the empty tomb, in spite of the ascended Lord, in spite of Pentecost and the power that descended and ascends upon all Christians, there's a majority of Christians that are not Caleb's and Joshua's. The majority is indulgent. The majority is worldly. The majority is saved. But as the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, so as by fire. In other words, a colloquial term, just by the skin of your teeth. Just a little dab of do you. I used to be a Brill Cream commercial when I was a kid. And I put a lot of it on, praise God. Maybe, maybe that's what happened. I don't know. But we just want to have a little dab of do you. And folks, God does not want you 
to be a borderline Christian. He doesn't want you to go back to the world. He don't want you to dwell on the fertile soil as two and a half tribes did in verse 10 through 14 of this chapter. And they were the first ones to get overcome by the Syrians. First ones to be defeated, taken into captivity. First ones, why? Because they were towards the world. They had the fertile soil. Oh yes, they fought the battles, but they went on back to their lifestyle. They even left their families there while they fought the battle. They even led around the walls of Jericho. But then when the battle was over, they went back to the world. A friend of mine, I want to be as honest and, and as careful as I can be and compassionate as I can be. If you think that you can come to church and live like you want to during the week, that you're going to have any kind of blessing and prosperity and success, you've got another thought coming. Because you're out of the will of God. When you're out of the will of God, you cannot pray. You cannot raise your children right. You cannot be the mate in your marriage. You cannot, you cannot glorify God. And that's the ultimate reason we're alive. Amen. Say amen. amen. And in this day where everybody in the whole world is thinking about death, malignant disease, Pestilence means malignant disease without cure. It's going to take place in the tribulation. Maybe the Lord is shaking this world up a little bit, allowing this to get us ready for the rapture. But folks, I want to tell you something. The Bible says in verse 2, Go over this Jordan, thou and all thy people. It's God's will you to follow your Joshua, who is Jesus, into victory. And fourthly, or fifthly, the closing of this introduction. Canaan was inhabited by strong enemies. Seven nations held the land of Cana in a stronghold. The chariots of iron. Wealthy, mean, devilish, well-fortified walls of Jericho and the land of full salvation in Jesus Christ certainly is not free of conflict in the presence of the enemy. I ain't got time to go in it. My time's up. But folks, I'm going to tell you something. We wrestle not against flesh and blood against principalities, against spiritual powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. The Bible says, Wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. May I say, we're in that evil day. I don't know if it's going to ever get any more evil because I think the rapture is going to take place and get us out of here. But until then, you want to join them? Or do you want to become eager and hungry for God? Amen. He deserves every part of your life. He deserves every moment of your life.
He deserves your life because He gave you your life. Say amen if you believe He's your creator. Say amen. You did not come from a monkey. Even though some people act really close to it. I've seen a few men that look close to it. But you did not come from some baboon. God created you. And God created you for one reason. To get saved and enter in. Not to get saved and wander in the wilderness until you die. You mean preacher... Just coming at 11 o'clock is not enough? No. I like verse 8. It says, The book of this law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. Day and night. Look at this. That thou mayest observe to do according to all that's written therein. For then shall thou make thy way prosperous, and then shall thou have good success. Amen? Day and night means every day. Every night. I'm afraid this world lives for entertainment. And thus self. Amusement means amuse, don't think. I'm not against amusement. Praise God. I like a lot of things probably I shouldn't like, like sports. But I tell you what, you can become a god. And you can analyze these guys. And I want to tell you something: the true servants of God, like a little sound man in the back, back of an auditorium of a little church on the South Side, is my hero. A deacon, home suffering like Brother Lamar, that's my kind of hero. I hope Kobe was saved. He went to Mass on Saturday, so they think he's saved. But I want to tell you something, friend. We can make idols out of things of this world and people of this world. When we ought to meditate day and night on the Word of God. And folks, and it says observe to do. You know what that means? And I'll close with this thought. There will be wholehearted obedience in your life. Can I say it one more time? In this little introduction that's bored some of you to death, but it hadn't bored me. Because I'm trying to get to the point where I can preach through the book of Joshua. There ought to be wholehearted, wholehearted. As they describe Caleb and Joshua, they followed the Lord with their whole heart. We ought to have a time in our life well, we press towards Jordan. And we press through Jordan. That's dying to self. That's laying our life on the altar of sacrifice. It's saying, Lord, you got me lock, stock, and barrel. It's not just for missionaries. It's not just for preachers. We admire their dedication. We admire their sacrifice. But I want to tell you something, folks. God has called you to die to self. God's called you to enter the victory. And God's called you to be more than conquerors as you face the devil, the world, and the flesh. And so the victory was won at Calvary. We got out of Egypt. We got out of the slavery of sin. But why don't we claim salvation as a privilege 
to live. To live. I want to ask you a question. Do you have abundant, absolute victory in your life? Are you successful? Well, I make some money. I didn't ask that. I said, are you spiritually successful? You'll be good success. I want to tell you what good success is. It's meditating in the Word of God and letting the God of the Word become engrafted in your soul and you become like Him. And no matter how much money you make, no matter how popular you're on this earth, folks, if you're not like God, if you're not loving like God, living like God, having victory like God, I mean, praying like Jesus in faith, then you are not successful. But he said he'd prosper you wheresoever thou goest. If you would turn not from the right hand or the left, look at verse 7. Thou mayest prosper with everything that goes, but the book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate there day and night. And thou mayest observe to do according to all that's written therein, for then shall thou make thy way prosperous, and then shall thou have good success. And then right after he said that verse about good success, he says, verse 9, have I not commanded thee? Listen to this. Be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, neither, about, neither be dismayed. That's what I'm going to preach on tonight, how to overcome discouragement, how not to get discouraged. Look at this now, real quick. For the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. He didn't say just to Sunday school. He didn't say just to church. He says wherever you go, no matter where you live, no matter how much money you make, no matter who you're married to, no matter how many kids you have or don't have, God will be with you, God will be in you, and God will live through you. And that is God's will for every Christian, not just Joshua, not just Caleb, but every person in this room. God has called you to a radiant, victorious Christian life, and it's all by faith and yielding to his spirit. Father, use this introduction. Praise your holy name for giving us the promise that not only can we come out, but we can enter in. And Lord, as we get into the meat of this message tonight on true success and true rest and how not to be discouraged, God help us. Because Lord, even the newscast are scary. Confusion on every hand. Politics in every situation. And truthfully, dear Lord, it could make one discouraged. But Lord help us to realize we don't have to live like them. We need to live like Him. and We need to yield to you through meditating day and night on the Word of God. And you said in Psalms chapter 1 verse 3 that we'd be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. And folks, thank God for the promise that we have a hidden resource 
for the Christian life. And that will not wither, our leaf will not wither. And that will produce fruit for your glory as we are planted, as we're yielded, as we take back the ground the devil's stolen, and as we step out on new ground by faith and see our little old lives surround the walls of Jericho and see them tumbling down. God, thank you for the victorious Christian life. Thank you for the book of Joshua. Thank you for putting a halt to what I wanted to preach and God, we just go back and rehearse and review and to have an overview of our Joshua, Jesus Christ, who wants us to stand in Him, yield to Him, and live the victorious Christian life. Lord, I pray for those that's going through trials and tribulations, sorrows and heartaches, I pray for those that are struggling with a sin that so easily besets them. Lord, I pray for those that's full of self instead of your spirit. I pray for those, dear God, that's got one foot in, one foot out. No commitment, no consecration, no dedication. Just attend and go home. God help us. and God help them to realize there's much more in the Christian life and just borderline Christianity. Lord, help us to get totally, absolutely sanctified, as Miss Elsie so beautifully wrote about. Sanctified, set apart for your glory. And thus, we claim the victorious Christian life for the rest of our life. With every head bowed, every eye closed, an unusual message, one that I'm not comfortable with, more teaching than preaching. But that's all right. We need the Word of God. But you say, Preacher, I know I'm saved. If I die today, I know I'll go to heaven. And I'm so glad I'm saved. Would you slip your hand up as a happy testimony of that? All over this place. Amen. How many glad you're saved? Say amen. amen. Well, you're going to heaven. Say amen. You ought to get excited about it. <laughs> amen. Heaven. Or are they having a good time up there now? Several, can I raise your hand? And you say, Preacher, I'm not even saved. If I died, I'd bust hell wide open. If I live tomorrow, I have no peace, no victory, no purpose, no power. I'm on my own, I guess. I want you to please pray for me because I don't want to die like that. I certainly don't want to live like that. I need to be saved. It's your prayer this morning. You slip your hand up real high for prayer and then back down. Anyone, just slip it up and then back down. I want to do the most I can do for it. I want to pray for it. I won't come to you. I won't embarrass you. We don't, we don't do that here. I want to pray for you. I really didn't pray. I didn't really preach to the lost. I preached to the Christian. I preached to a lot of Christians maybe that are on the borderline. Maybe I preached to a lot of Christians that are defeated as defeated can be. Your smile is just forced this morning. You say, Preacher, I don't want to live like that. I don't want to wander in the wilderness. I don't want to be backslidden half my Christian life. I definitely don't want to be defeated and discouraged as I am half the time. But I want you to pray for me. 
because I just want to let this study of Joshua help me to enter in into the fullness, radiant, victorious Christian life. I want you to pray for me. It's going to take a lot of courage for you to raise your hand. But you say, Preacher, I need prayer in the area of living the victorious Christian life. Please pray for me. God bless you, man. Anybody else? God bless you, sir. You, ma'am. God bless you, ma'am. God bless you, ma'am. Anybody else? Anybody else? God bless you, ma'am. Somebody's depending on you to enter in. Because, they, 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 hey, listen, they're used to this, this half-hearted stuff. They're used to this half-baked stuff. They're used to this lukewarm stuff. What they need to see is a radiant Christian full of God. So their soul might be at stake whether you know it or not. Anybody else say, Preacher, I want to be that kind of witness. Pray for me. Yes. 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 Anybody else? Yes. It's easy to straddle the fence sometimes, but you'll always fall backwards. The grass looks greener on the other side, but it's really not. It's the world. It's the flesh. It's the let me close this invitation I closed early so I could take my time in this invitation y'all packing up have me say preacher I know somebody that's living so far away from Canaan I know someone that is so miserable that's so defeated says they're saved but I'm telling you they don't look like it they don't act like it and they sure don't pray like it my heart goes out to them and I'm burdened for their wandering backsliddenness, I guess you'd say. I want you to pray with me for them that I'd be that witness. Would you slip your hand up on their behalf? And somebody ought to join this dear mom at this altar. And you ought to come and pray. Stand quietly to our feet. Father, thank you for using this introduction. Thank you, God, for the book of Joshua. We're looking forward to being in it, get something out of it. Not just as some theological study. God, may you change our life. Praise you, Jesus' name.